Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. It's true, healthy things grow. Have you ever noticed that healthy things grow? I know that sometimes unhealthy things grow. For instance, I'm a little obese tonight, and that's probably because I'm unhealthy. Oftentimes, unhealthy things grow faster than healthy things, but healthy things grow slowly, methodically, through the years, over the seasons, through the storms, through come what may, healthy things continue to grow. And there's my little crazy boy running the aisles at the beginning of my sermon. Only the preacher's kid would do that. None of your kids would do that, but just my kid would do that. Amen. Uh, Healthy things grow, things that grow. Plants grow, children grow. Our emotions, our lives grow, our relationships with God grow, sometimes they shrink, sometimes they grow. Even our relationships with each other, they grow. If these things are healthy, if these things are healthy, they are progressing and they are progressively moving forward and changing. We are always changing. Society is always changing. Everything in the world is always changing. Here's something funny about growth. We're coming out of the Christmas season, and of course, we bought our kids some shoes uh, over the Christmas season because that's what parents do. Good parents buy their kids um, toys for Christmas, and bad parents like me, I I buy my kids shoes because they need shoes, and we just let them have fun opening the box, amen? I'm just playing. I do spoil them a little bit as well, but we bought Allie. Kayla bought Allie a new pair of shoes this past week. She was needing some new tennis shoes for school, and so she bought, on Wednesday, she bought Allie some tennis shoes. When Allie got home from school that Wednesday, Kayla opened the box, let her try on the shoes, and then we became very disappointed. Allie was happy because the shoes were just what she wanted. They were Adidas running shoes, the three stripes on the side, but the real reason why we like them is because we don't have to lace them up. It's got those Velcro, it's got that Velcro across that top, and somebody with some young kids say amen to that. Otherwise, you're working double time and not getting paid at all for it. But we got disappointed because the shoes fit, but the problem was it wasn't that they fit. It's the fact that they were a just fit. Now, keep in mind, a month ago, less than a month ago, a couple weeks ago, we were buying the same size shoes, and they weren't a just fit. They were a kind of sort of fit right now, but in a month or two, they're going to be all right. They're going to be a just fit. So Kayla bought the same size shoe, and we get home, and the same size shoe that it was just a, a kind of sort of fit, but going to be a real good fit in the future. Is no longer a kind of sort of fit, going to be a real good fit in the future. They are a barely fit uh, shoe. Allie was loving them because they were new shoes, but she was not happy about the fact that Kayla told her that they were a just fit shoe and we would have to take them back the next day for the size up. It's crazy how quickly things change. It's crazy how quickly my kids kids are growing. It's crazy how poor I am because things keep on 
changing. But the reality is uh, growing things are always changing things. And healthy things are always growing things, meaning that there is constant change. If it wasn't for change, we wouldn't have seasons. Uh, the seasons uh, uh, the seasons that we read about in the Bible, not just fall, winter, summer, spring, uh, but seasons of grief, seasons of dancing, seasons uh, of sorrow, seasons uh, of joy. We would not have these seasons. We wouldn't have butterflies because, because the process of, me- of metamorphosis would not happen if there was no such thing as change. If there was no change, there would be no progress. In fact, if there were no change, we would still be living in the dark ages. Or I can step out on a limb and say, if there was no change, there would be no earth. There would be no galaxy because if there was no change, Lucifer would have never been kicked out of heaven. You see, there is always change, whether it be good change or bad change. As I look back on my life, I am grateful for change, and I hope you're grateful for me that I've changed. I've changed some of my preferences. I've changed how I drive. I'm trying to change my attitude. It's still a work in progress, and I'm praying that it's getting better, and I'm more pleasing to be around as the day goes by. I'm trying to change my behavior. I've even changed my clothes style. I just told you about some shoes that we bought for Allie. Well, my dad this morning preached about his new hobby of buying shoes on eBay for pennies on the dollar. Well, he bought me a pair of shoes. Oh, actually, he walked in the office. I think it was those shoes that he preached about this morning. He walked in the office a couple weeks ago with those shoes on, and I liked them. And he said, really, you like these shoes? And I said, yeah, I like those. And so he said, huh, well, I got this new hobby. Maybe I can hook you up. And sure enough, a couple days later, it was for Christmas. He told me he bought me these shoes, and I just figured he forgot about them. I didn't say nothing because I didn't want to be a mooch and asking for a, pre- for, for a free pair of shoes. But turns out on Christmas morning, I opened uh, those shoes that he got. Uh, yes, my father got me used shoes uh, for Christmas. I've got a great, great, great dad. But when I was 14 years old or 10 years old or maybe even 16 years old, had my father bought me those shoes, even brand new, I would have not liked them. Why? Because with time I have changed. I now wear dad shoes. I now wear shoes that you slip on because it's easier and it's sometimes it's cheaper. I like the comfort of life. So I am beginning to change. It's not not always about being cool anymore. Sometimes I will come to work and I will be dressed very nicely, but I have changed. I used to, ne- I would never leave the house without fixing my hair, but I think the more I fix my hair, the more I lose my hair. So I only fix my hair now a couple days a week. I spray a little hairspray back on my bald spot so my one hair that I'm hanging on to won't make me look like alfalfa. And what's up with that? I lose all the hair back there that lay down and looks right, but the few hairs that stand up and make me look like a goober are yet holding on. We are always changing. Nothing about life is constant. 
In fact, we define growth as the difference uh, between uh, where we are now and how we used to be. Uh, We define the growth in the individual or the steps taken in the wrong direction by an individual based off of how we were then and how we are now. Uh, Growth happens because change happens. Now we know that Malachi 3 and 6 says, For I am the Lord and I do not change. And I'm thankful that we serve a God who is never changing. But the reality is God doesn't change, but we often do. It's important for us to remember tonight that we were created in the image of God, not in the character of God. We do not have his character. We do not have his thought process. We do not have his omniscientness or his omnisciency. However you say that word, we don't. It's clear that we don't have it because I can't even describe what I'm trying to say tonight. We are shaped in the image of God, but we are far, far, far from possessing the character and the nature of God. While God does not change, we must change. And why must we change? Because we must be more like him. Aren't you thankful that you're not what you used to be? Aren't you thankful that you were washed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Aren't you thankful that God changed? Aren't you thankful for his blood and and for his redeeming power? But it wasn't just his blood that changed you. That began the process of change in your life. That was the most important change. But after salvation, there is still there are still changes that you and I must make. And the process of those changes is called pursuing righteousness. Or we like to say it in 2020 as discipleship. Therefore, change is good as long as we are moving in the direction of righteousness. I want to always be moving in the direction of Jesus. I never want to be the same because if I am not growing, I am not staying where I'm at. I am taking steps backward. I might be comfortable, but I am moving the wrong direction. And the reality is, is when I am the most uncomfortable is when I am moving the direction that God intends me me to move. Uh, Paul told Timothy this in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, but you, O man of God, flee these things, uh, talking in verse 10 of foolish and harmful lust. Uh, He said, said, flee foolish uh, and harmful lust uh, and pursue righteousness, uh, godliness, faith, uh, love, uh, patience, uh, and gentleness. Uh, Fight the good uh, fight of faith, Paul told Timothy. Lay hold uh, on eternal life to which you were also called and have and, and you have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Let me stop right here and remind you that if your work if your co-workers know that you are a Christian, you ought to act like a Christian. You didn't confess your faith to them and get saved, but God saved you and you told them you're a believer, so you ought to remember 
that you have confessed your salvation in the presence of witnesses. Therefore, everywhere I go, I am an ambassador for Christ. When I have a bad day, I am an ambassador for Christ. When I have a weak day or when I have a strong good day, I am an ambassador for Christ and people who do not possess the salvation that I have, have witnessed me confess my salvation, and they are looking at me wondering how I will conduct myself when I'm having a good day or a bad day. Paul is telling Timothy to run from the things of this world and to run closer and work more diligently to have a more intimate relationship with God. But here's a little secret. As Paul was not just telling Timothy, this. Paul is telling you and I this through the good book that we read. Through God's holy word, he is telling us that we ought to flee the things of this world and run with pers- uh, run with perseverance and patience. We ought to press towards the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was showing Timothy what discipleship looks like. And I know a lot of us here tonight are saved, probably most of us are saved tonight. But just because we have been saved for a few years or a few minutes does not mean that God is not done moving us and working with us. We are never done being discipled. We are never done growing. I am never done changing. Some changes I embrace. Some changes I resist. But God is never done working in me. And aren't you thankful tonight that God has never done working in you. Uh, Aren't you thankful that he hasn't given up on you? Uh, Aren't you thankful that he forgives you still when you fall? Here's some examples of growth. The caterpillar grows but eventually gets to a place uh, where it has grown as much as he can in his current form. So a caterpillar begins to weave its own cocoon. The cocoon is not woven for him, but he begins to force change upon himself. Even though he might like the days of being a caterpillar, he knows he cannot stay where he is if he wants to continue this life that he lives. So a caterpillar begins to weave his own cocoon, forcing itself to grow to the next phase of of his existence and I've come to declare to this church that we are good people doing a good work for the Lord but we must not get weary in well doing or let me say it like this we must not get complacent in our doing well we must not get comfortable in our doing well to think that God is happy with where we are at relative to where we used to be God is pleased with us but relative to where we are going heaven we still have work to do. So we must force some changes upon ourselves. And how do we do that? We put our nose in the book and we read the words of the Bible and say, God, my life in this area, it measures up. But in this area, I am falling, I'm falling a little short. So then we close the book. We go to our prayer closet as I spoke to you about Wednesday and through the communication called prayer to the heavenlies, we begin weaving 
a cocoon. We begin listening to the voice of the Spirit. And as God lays conviction on our life, and as God impresses certain things upon our life, we begin to make the necessary changes that we need to make so that we can continue living the life that God has designed for us to live. Discipleship looks like a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. If a caterpillar does not weave its own cocoon, yes, it will live, but it will not live very long. It eventually dies. And how does it die? It dies from dehydration. It dies from a lack of moisture. It dies from a lack of intake. And the same can be said of you and I. When we begin the journey of backsliding, that's an old school word. Here's a new school word. When we begin the journey of living life how we please, we begin, that's, that's the day that we quit intake. That's the day that we quit drinking the things of the Spirit. That's the day that we quit eating the bread of life. That's the day that we begin to die. I know it's not very popular, but it's the truth tonight. We must grow intentionally because nothing changes on its own. Or let me say it like this, no one changes on their own. If we aren't growing, look at your neighbor and say, we are dying. Oh, you did not say that very excited tonight. Uh, Look at your neighbor, and you might not be excited, but sound excited just for me. Say, if we aren't growing, we are dying. Oh, that sounds so much better when I'm up here all by myself. Wildflowers are beautiful, but they are exactly what their name suggests. They are wild. While they are beautiful, their life does not last very long. Their growth is natural, but their life is short-lived because they are rarely nurtured. Or let me say it like this, like Jesus spoke in John 15, they are rarely pruned. They can grow everywhere. We drive for hours to find the perfect field of wildflowers so we can take pictures in the blue bonnets with our families. But the blue bonnets do not live very long. Why? Because they are wild. They are untamed. We can talk about animals. A horse has no value. I don't know a lot about livestock, but we've got some family up in East Texas who has, uh, they have cows and horses, and they're trying to sell one of their horses. It's a very beautiful horse. They have papers on the horse, but the horse is worth very little because it's two or three years old, and she has not been trained. She is wild. While we may look beautiful, while we might grow for a season if we resist the pruning process in our life if we resist the spiritual process of of the vine keeper clipping and cutting away things that we think are beautiful and sometimes that we deem in our own life sacred if we resist the pruning process we are no different than a blue bonnet who grows quickly makes people happy but as soon as the weather turns it dies Let me say it like this. We become a believer who as long as things are like we like it, we live. But one thing happened around the church. One thing happened on my job. One thing happened in my family that I don't like, that doesn't meet my expectations. Then I begin to have a bad day and I begin to die. I've come to tell you tonight that you don't have to live a life like that. You can let the master change you. You can let the master mold you. You can let the vine keeper prune you and cut back 
things in your life that look good now, but when the next season comes, might not be acceptable or beneficial to living for God. If you want to grow, you cannot grow like a wildflower. Wildflowers wildflowers will grow through rocks. They'll grow through cement slabs. They'll grow out of uh, rooty ground. They'll grow anywhere. They're beautiful. They grow and, and they grow when they're fl- and they flourish for a short season anywhere, but they do not allow themselves to be cared for. God is not concerned with our comfort church family. I think this is something you know. This is something we all know, but it's something we grow very very, very resistant to is the fact that God is not concerned with our comfort. I wish he were. I wish God was concerned with my comfort. Uh, Then I wouldn't have to change. Then I wouldn't have to grow in righteousness. Then I wouldn't have to change my habits. Then I wouldn't, then I wouldn't have to go to God in prayer and ask him to renew in me a right spirit and a clean heart. Uh, I wouldn't have to do these things. God is concerned. He's not concerned with our comfort. Uh, He is concerned with whether or not we are producing uh, fruit. Uh, God is concerned by how fruitful we are. Isn't it crazy that we are not saved by our fruit? Uh, We aren't saved by our works, uh, but yet we are judged by the fruit and the works uh, that we allow to grow or we allow to be produced uh, in our life. Uh, Jesus cursed a fig tree. Uh, The fig tree was alive. Uh, The fig tree was growing. The fig tree had color, uh, but it was not producing what it was intended to produce. And so God cursed uh, the fig tree. Uh, And I don't want to be negative tonight. Please understand But I must warn you tonight that just because we are alive, just because we are reading the Word of God, just because we kneel down and we spend time with the Lord in prayer, it does not mean that we are allowing Him to change us like He wants to change us. We can do spiritual things and not be spiritual. We can do the right things and have a wrong heart. John 15 and 2 says, Every branch, this was our text, every branch in me that does does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Everybody say more fruit. Jesus was telling the disciples and all of us tonight uh, that he was setting them apart uh, for a lifestyle of bearing fruit. Uh, He was setting them apart to do his will and accomplish his will on earth for that season of time or for our season of time. Fruit comes as a result of God's intentional pruning. Uh, A healthy relationship with God comes when God carries us and draws us and leads us and guides us down uncomfortable pathways that to the natural eye seem very dumb, seem very risky, seem like there will be no reward at the end. And even and even when we walk those paths, we feel like there will be no reward. But how many of you have endured a few seasons with the Lord to realize that even through the bad times, he's working everything together for the good. Even through the uncomfortable seasons, he's still doing good things in our midst. Amen, amen. God is not concerned. Let me take it a step further. God is not concerned with this church growing. He is concerned with us growing. 
I want growth. Healthy things grow. Yes, I, I want growth. I want the, this church to grow. Uh, my wife and I often talk and we examine, we look at the things we are doing, if they're working, uh, if they are not working. We are, sometimes we have very, very honest, uh, tough conversations with ourselves. Uh, we do this. Uh, but God is not really concerned with the church growing. He is concerned uh, with Trent growing. Uh, he is concerned with if I am drawing uh, closer to him uh, on a daily basis. Uh, he's not concerned with how well I preach uh, to you. He's concerned uh, with how well I'm leading my family. He's not concerned. Uh, he is concerned with how I treat you because Scripture tells, uh, t- tells us to love uh, one another, but he's also concerned with how I treat my wife uh, and my kids. Uh, he's not just concerned with what you see about me. God is concerned with what you don't see about me. Uh, and the same is said for each uh, and every one of us in the room. Uh, he's not concerned with just how we act in a church service. He's concerned with how we act in the hard moments of life when pressure is crushing us from all directions. God cares. He's concerned with these things. He's concerned with us praying more. He desires us fasting more. He desires us loving him more and each other more. But the reality is in order for us to produce the best fruit, uh, the, uh, the vine dresser cuts away dead or overgrown branches, things that have grown too well, things uh, that you and I might be proud of. The Lord oftentimes uh, cuts away in our life. Well, why does he do that? To inspire new growth to inspire new change in each and every one of us. In each and every one of us, discipleship, hear me tonight, church, discipleship takes place when we allow God to cut away the things in our life that lead us to spiritual death. Just because it's alive in you and growing in you does not mean it's good for you. Just because you can watch it, just because you can listen to it, just because you can go there does not mean you should. All things are expedient, but not all. Excuse me, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. All things are okay, but not everything is right and healthy for us to do. I figured I would get a little stronger, amen, than that from Conroe UPC. Life's difficulties come, and with the difficulties of life, oftentimes God uses these difficulties to disciple us, to encourage growth or to prune us. Oftentimes, pruning takes place in our trials. During our trials, we gravitate towards our idols. So in times of trials, our idolatry is shown. In times of trials, the good things or the bad things in our life is exposed. We can't grow spiritually and turn, and, uh, and turn away from our, our, our idolatry if we can't identify our own idols. Church family, in these 21 days of prayer and fasting, while we seek the face of the Lord, uh, while we push back the plate and many other things in our life and we fast uh, for the purpose of growing closer to God, uh, we must not just be speaking to God, uh, but we must have open ears and be listening uh, to what thus saith the Lord uh, to us uh, so that if there is any unclean thing in our life, uh, we can allow the vine keeper, uh, we can allow him, the vine dresser, to take uh, those things out uh, so we can sell some things uh, in our house, uh, so we can get rid of some things so we can block some things from our YouTube and from our Netflix or from our Google search engines. We ought to be changing during this 21 days of prayer, church family. If we are not changing through 21 days of prayer, we are not truly praying and seeking the face of God. Can I get an amen for that tonight? 
So in difficulty, oftentimes, our idolatry comes out. I'm not, I'm not talking about witchcraft. I'm not talking about those things, but the things that we run to more than we run to the presence of God. See, tonight I've got a water bottle here. Sometimes I drink from a water bottle, but sometimes, like tonight, I'm going to show you a little object lesson with this. And it's very simple, but I hope it shows you the reality of our life tonight. You know, if I drink this water, the water falls out into my mouth. And that's the purpose. Um, But sometimes you might squeeze a water bottle and it makes a mess and it gets the carpet all nice and wet and my shirt sleeve all nice and wet and this is a very simple object lesson but uh, why did the water come out not because I opened it Uh, why did it make a mess not because I did anything else uh, but I put pressure on the water bottle and the mess was made because pressure was applied Uh, so many times you and I find ourselves in messes uh, after pressure is applied and we like to get upset uh, and we like to get angry but the reality is uh, is if we would have been putting the good things of God in our life. In times of pressure, we wouldn't be embarrassed when the messes of life come. For whatever you put in, it's going to come out. When we are squeezed, when we find ourselves in less than fortunate situations, we will not be embarrassed if we are putting in the goodness of God, if we are earnestly seeking after the face of God. The uh, 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 the water on the floor didn't come because I shook it. The water on the floor came because water was in it and I squeezed it. The messes that we make in our life come because we put messy things in our life. Oh, but if you want to know why some people can dance in the middle of their sorrow, why some people can rejoice in the middle of their trial, it's because when nobody was looking, they were putting good things in their life. They were putting righteous things in their life. They were seeking after the face of the Lord. Our biggest problem isn't outside of us uh, in 2020. Uh, our biggest problem is not the things uh, that surround us. Uh, hear me tonight under the unction of the Holy Ghost Church family. Uh, our biggest problems co- come from inside of us. Uh, our biggest problems come uh, from our hearts. Uh, our biggest problems come from our minds. Uh, our biggest problems come uh, from our tongue. Uh, but let it be said of Conroe United Pentecostal Church uh, in 2020 uh, that we put that we quit putting the filth of the world in our life, in our mind, in our heart, and we and we started putting in the things of the kingdom of God, the things like prayer, like fasting, like denying myself, taking up my picking up my cross and following after Jesus. Can you lift your hands with me and worship the Lord if that's your desire tonight? In the name of Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight, church family. I know we're not running, I know we're not shouting, I know it's not like it often is on Sunday nights, uh, but growth and change is happening in our hearts tonight. In the same way, your circumstances don't create what's in your heart. Your situation is simply the stage in what your heart's condition truly is. Oh, oh, Lord created me a clean heart, God. Why don't you just lift your hands and pray that with me tonight? Come on, I feel like this is a season of soul searching. That's, that's it right now, Lord. Lord, I search my heart. I search my mind. Lord, you search my heart. Lord, you show me what's unclean. Lord, you show me, God. 
Lord, you convict me, Lord. You show me the weak areas. Oh. Oh. So trials reveal what's inside of us. Oftentimes they reveal our weaknesses. They reveal our idols. They reveal our addictions. They reveal what we run to. But in that, trials give an opportunity to trust God more. That's what you need more of this year. You don't need more motivation. You don't need more money. What you need right now, what you need is more love of the Father. What you need is more devotion. What you need is more consecration. What you need is a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Trials cause us to dig deep and depend on God. Pruning causes us to dig deep and depend on God. It was a few years ago, a couple years ago, my wife and I found ourselves. Nothing was wrong, but everything was wrong. You know, I mean, I mean, our, our, our family was great. We weren't having marital problems. We were, we, we were paying our bills. Uh, nothing was wrong, but everything was wrong inside of us. There was something that was missing inside of us. And we thought things could change it. We thought change could change it. Uh, and change did change it, but it wasn't the change that we thought. Uh, it was God saying, change my heart. Uh, renew my heart. Uh, see, trials cause us to dig deeper and depend on God. Uh, and when my wife and I realized that, uh, that's when the change began to happen in your life. Uh, Sir, ma'am, quit chasing the things of this world. Uh, I'm not telling you to enjoy the fruit of your labor. I'm not telling you to go on a vacation that's good. You need to do it. I'm not telling you to drive the nicest car that you can afford while still being a good steward. I'm not telling you to not do that. But what I am telling you is none of that stuff is going to please you. When the pressures of life come, you won't look at the car in the driveway and say, I'm going to be okay because I I have a good car payment. When the pressures of life come, you won't look at the house that you live in and say, I've got a lot of equity. i got a good deal. Man, I bought right. The market was right. You won't look at that. What will you do? You will probably run to this house. You will probably run to this altar. And why not instead of running to this altar in despair, why don't you run to this altar in faith and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but you brought me through before and I know you're going to bring me through again. Lord, I trust you through my problem. I trust you while you prune me. I trust you while you cut away things that I thought were beautiful. I trust you while you take away things that I loved and I worked hard for. I still trust you. I might not understand why you took away that relationship. I might not understand why you caused me to lose that job. But I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. No matter what you send my way, Lord, it won't waver my faith and my trust in you, Jesus. That's enough of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you stand with me all over the room? and Why don't you lift your hands and just say, God, I, I trust you. Oh, come on. Your trust level might be low tonight, but why don't you just say that by faith? Uh, Lord, I trust you. Lord, uh, help me to trust you more. Uh, Lord, 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 help me to lean not on my own understanding. Uh, Lord, but, but Lord, help me, God, uh, to follow after you, Jesus. Uh, through the trial that I don't like, uh, through the problem that I'm resisting, God, uh, teach me to count it all joy uh, that when I fall into diverse temptations that you will be there with me. That's it, that's it. Continue to lift your voice tonight. I I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord's not done here yet. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in Jesus' name.
Why don't you gather with me around the front, actually? I'm done. I'm not going any further. In the name of Jesus, please ever just, just come straight to the front. We don't need to mix up. Just come to the front. In the name of Jesus, this is a holy moment, church family. This is a sovereign moment. Oh. oh in the name of Jesus. Oh. Oh. I know we're taking communion in a couple of weeks, and we'll have some soul searching before we do that, but we ought to have some soul searching tonight, church family. Oh, that's it, that's it, that's it. Cry out to the Lord right now. It might be quiet, but let your soul cry. You might not talk loud, you might not pray loud, but let your heart cry. Let your heart cry out to God tonight. That's it, that's it. Some of you have been needing this moment. Uh, some of you have got pressure in your life. Some of you are being squeezed uh, right now and you feel like there's a mess in your world. Uh, but let me tell you tonight, uh, the mess doesn't have to keep on. Uh, it can change. Uh, tonight, uh, in an instant, it can change. The tide of the battle can change tonight. In the name of Jesus. Oh, that's it, that's it, that's it, uh, that's it. I'm preaching to somebody who's been comfortable long enough. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody tonight who's willing to step out of your comfort zone. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody tonight who's willing to be like a Peter and walk out of the boat, step out of the boat uh, and walk on water. It does not make sense. Uh, it does not make sense. Uh, but if you don't take this step of faith, uh, you'll be like Peter and the disciples. Uh, you won't know what it is to walk in the miraculous. Uh, that's it. Some of you don't need anything else uh, of the things that you've been pursuing. You need the miraculous in your life. Uh, you need your levels of faith to increase. That's it. That's it. Let your faith increase. That's it. Strength is coming to the room tonight. Yes, Lord. Uh, yes, Lord. Don't get quiet on me now. You're not praying so I can hear you. You're praying so God can minister to you. That's it. Communicate with the heavenly realm tonight. Uh, oh, God. 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 Oh, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. He's pruning you because he wants you to grow in faith. That's it, let him cut that away. Let him remove that from you. It might be uncomfortable, you might not understand it, but trust the process, church family, trust the process. Oh, that's it, that's it. Come on, push with me just a little bit. That's it, make yourself uncomfortable, pray a little louder, push a little longer tonight. In the name of Jesus, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, please no looking around at this moment. Uh, please no looking around. Uh, this is a holy moment. Uh, oh God, oh God, change me, Lord. Uh, change me, oh God. Uh, change me, Jesus. Uh, change me, Jesus. Oh, change me. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep on going. Keep on going. That's it. That's it. What you're gaining tonight is perspective uh, that pruning is not meant to hurt you, uh, but it's meant to stunt your It's not meant to stunt your growth. Uh, it's meant to increase your capacity to handle what he has for you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, oh, purging is it? Purging and pruning is not meant to hinder you. It's meant to remove unrighteousness from you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, change me, God. I'm available to you. That's it. Why don't you just say that? I'm available to you. 
Come on, say it again. I'm available to you, Jesus. God, my family's available to you. If you have to prune, if you have to rearrange our plans, we are available to you, Jesus. I'm available, God. If you have to lead me down a good path, I trust you. If you have to lead me down a rough path, uh, I trust you, God. I am available. My family, God. Uh, my marriage, my children, God. Uh, my ch- if they don't go to the college that I've been saving for, that's fine. Uh, let them be used, oh God. Uh, Lord, if we don't go the places that we thought we were going to go, uh, that's fine, God. Just use me. Just use me, God. Uh, Lord, if I never get the things that I want, God, that's fine. Uh, but let me be saved. Let me be saved, oh God. That's it in the name of Jesus. That's it. Make it personal tonight, church family. Make it personal. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you just lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord. That's it. That's it. I know it's been a little heavy. I know it's been a little deep. But why don't you thank him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for plowing my heart. Thank you for plowing my mind tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let this word fall on good ground in my heart. Plow it up, God. Plow. Turn it over, God. Turn my heart, God. Turn my soul. Turn my mind, oh God. Turn it, Jesus. Turn it so the seed can take. Turn it, oh God, so that I can live and not die. Turn it, oh God. Turn it, God. Your word says that with long life you will satisfy me. Turn it, God, so that I can live for you all my days. Turn me, oh God. Plow me, oh God. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh, Jesus, there's the sweet presence of the Lord here tonight, church. We are in a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. There are things that we are fasting that we will pick back up. But in every single one of us, there are things that we need to put down and never pick back up. That's what pruning is, church family. Fasting, fasting is good. It's needed. It's biblical. I'm not, I'm not diminishing the value nor the biblical importance of fasting. But what I'm telling you is there are some things that you lay aside these next 14 days that we have left that you never need to pick back up again. I believe, hear me tonight, it sounds crazy, I believe in these 21 days addictions are being broken. You can get quiet, that's fine. Addictions are being broken. We like to swing from the light trusses. We like to do the Pentecostal apostolic huckabuck when somebody comes and lays their addictions on the altar, and that's good. We need to. We need more of it. But we also need to realize that God delivers us from secret things. And when he delivers us from secret things, we ought to walk away with joy. The fact that that nobody might not ever celebrate with me. I might not tell a soul what God delivered me from, but I will lift my hands and surrender and say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, 
Thank you. Some of your search browsers won't be going the same place. Some of you won't be taking the same drugs that you've been taking. And I'm not talking about uh, illegal drugs. Some of you won't have to take sleeping pills uh, anymore. Some of you won't have to be doing this. Uh, I believe that with this 21 days of prayer, not only, not only are we temporarily fasting, uh, but God is giving us peace uh, that will stay with us, uh, peace that will surpass uh, our understanding. Uh, and you ought to give God praise for that tonight. is disconnecting us from the overgrowth of not just bad food like addictions, but it's pruning us of things like prayer and worship, the ability to not fast like we should. That's what's pruning us right now. And tonight, I believe God's trying to prompt us to taking away some things that have us bound. And in closing, can you lift up one of your hands right now? That's it. Come on, let me hear you. Let me hear you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for changing me, Jesus. That's it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. From this day forward, I won't be the same. From this day forward, I lay it aside, God. It's yours. I am yours. In Jesus' name. Now, can you give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.